Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So we need to talk about your relationship to the weather. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, the temperature's rising. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. And the barometer's getting low. (laughs) Yeah. No, you need to ask me a question now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. You need to ask me the question. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, The barometer's getting low. uh, But according to our sources, the street's the place to go. It's how low oh, is I'm your sorry. retort back to me? How low is it? <laughs> For you, According it's pretty low. According to all sources, <laughs> <laughs> the street's the place to go. Yeah, because you Because that have, informed my weather. You love. Apparently. Appa- the, the weather girls. The weather girls. Because when that recording <laughs> came on, we're your weather girls. Uh-huh. You went, this, these are We my got people. news for you. Uh-huh, because <laughs> I've got news for all of you. I know about this weather. I know what's happening. I know what's Listen, going on. I was a young gay very early. I, I knew that I was gay early on because of that song, because of the Weather Girls, It's Raining Men. Well, I mean... Because it slaps and it's wonderful. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. And I think there is like... There's narrative. Oh, there's narrative. And I think that, you know, that was, the, you know, the doorway for a lot of us, to be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember hearing that song and The conveyor belt to the sky. <laughs> something was awakened inside of me. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't think I'm like all these other, <laughs> the, these other folks around here. There's something like different <laughs> about me. I don't think I'm like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have more so than anyone I know, you have a relationship to the weather that is so specific. And it's like quite there's a lot of feelings involved. Like you have like emotion invested in this relationship you have with the weather. Mm-hmm. I think it's like empathetic on some level. Like yeah. I think I feel what the weather feels. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I feel like you treat the weather the way like one might treat an ex they still care about. <laughs> It's like you wake up, you check to see what they're doing. I do. You want to know like what what they're feeling that day, how they're going to respond, mm-hmm. what you know, what kind of actions they're taking mm-hmm. this day. I want to know it, if he really wants me. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We have all been there. But mm-hmm. no, seriously, I say this because like 
as a friend, I I do feel this is an intervention, a weather that, intervention. Uh huh. That I'm gonna have to bring in the expert and read to you the letter I've written to you <laughs> about what. Um, about your, your relationship, relationship with the weather, with the weather uh-huh. is and how, how it's, it's affecting me. And how it's affecting me. <laughs> Great! I'm glad that we could um, do this on air. Uh huh. And yeah. I do want to. I I mean, because I've seen it up close and personal, mm-hmm. just like Celine sang about. <laughs> right when we were in Olympic this summer, you were tortured by the weather forecast yeah. and the way we were going to situate the next day. And I just was like, girl, like we're going to figure it out and it's mm-hmm. going to be great. Like it, it will be. Yeah. But you were tortured on the couch going like, well, we could do this first. We basically, I just there want, were, I just want to like point of clarification. It was the tides and not the weather. And the tides is like a cousin I once knew, but no longer hang out with. <laughs> 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 and the weather is my ex. The weather is yeah, your ex. It was but the, the tides. tides is like, Oh, I gotta like re-engage mm-hmm. with this thing I parted ways yeah. with long ago. Yeah. Oh, I see. I got mm-hmm. it. The tides is like a former former relative or friend. Yeah. Ruled by the moon. <laughs> uh, something. Yeah. It was ruled by something. Mm-hmm. I bring this up because the weather played quite a role in this day mm. in Big Bend National Park. It did. And it's epic nature. And it's epic nature. But you were tortured by it. For adventure, I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze at the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you there That's a great question, what bird is that? That definitely sounds like a dove. Maybe a white-tailed dove. Or a white-winged dove. White-winged dove. Yes. (laughs) Well, is that what the sound is? Let's, hold on. It could be. It It really could be. White-winged dove. We're standing here at the... Laguna Meadows Trail. On the Laguna Meadows Trail, which comes off of the Visitor Center. The Chizos Mountain Visitor Center. Chizos Basin. Chizos Basin Visitor Center here in Big Bend National Park. We are about to embark on like a 12 to... 15 mile trail day perhaps 15 yeah we are on our second day here in big bend we had like a a lot of conversation about if we were going to do this trail today because there was no weather scheduled at all in the park and now there's weather but the weather sort of died off a bit so the weather said it was going to be well, originally said nothing, and then it, one app said it was going to rain this morning, and then another said potential for thunderstorm, like a low percentage in the afternoon. We decided we were going to drive up here, and if we needed to flip-flop our plans, we would do that. But we sat in the car for a bit, and the blue is trying to break through right the now. The blue is trying to break through. The cloud coverage is starting to move off. 
The concern that we had was being able to actually see the vistas in the distance on this trail. And right now, they're starting to peek through kind of beautifully and majestically, like way off in the distance, the clouds are starting to lift and we're starting to see what's in the distance. Right beside us here on this trail, because Big Bend is known for its cacti population, it has more cacti species than any other park. We're seeing quite a bit of cacti Uh here. There's the one cacti that has like the, it's like a spear that like shoots out from the center of it. But down on the bottom, there's all these like sharp points called shin daggers. Shin daggers. There's a lot of these on this trail. And there's also a lot of um, what you would think of as like a common cactus. Like that uh, yeah. and kind of but rounded. What was the, it was like a prickly pear. Or was yeah. it a prickly yeah. pear cactus? Yeah. Yeah. This is sort of like that. There's a few I'm noticing that are in the shape of hearts. Yep. Heart shaped cactus mm-hmm. blooms. There's another one over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. There's one over mm-hmm. here, but you can see where the animals have eaten them. Yeah. We've gone about half a mile on this trail so far, and it's been like just a little bit of up and down. But yes, in the distance, we're seeing some like brown peaks, rolling things, sweeping hills that are starting to peek through. We would like to acknowledge that while hiking and visiting the land also known as Big Bend National Park, that we were on the traditional and stolen land of the Humanos, Cohucatan, Mescalero Apache, Lions Apache, and Chizos people. Hello everyone and welcome to Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. I'm Dusty. And I'm your weather girl, Mike. That's right. (laughs) I am sitting across from the Emily Dickinson of the outdoors herself. Lady Michael Ryan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How was your day today, Mike? It's it's going well. It's well. I wish it was a little sunnier today, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm feeling calm and cool because it's rainy and a crisp autumn day. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a crisp autumn day here where we are recording. We've actually opened up the doors, and it's just it's drizzling. It's just drizzling. As I quote, "Devil Wears Prada," mm-hmm. but it is drizzling outside. Which we were like, "Oh yeah, leave the doors open." There are some birds around. There's some drizzling happening. Let's bring the outdoors in. So yeah. you might hear that in the microphones. You everybody. may. You just might. And that's the beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. So this was our second day of hiking here in Big Bend National Park. Yes. And yes. what a surprise Big Bend National Park Big Bend was. You took my breath away. Cue oh, so- the mm-hmm. song. <laughs> Take my breath away. Thank you. Um, truly, I just, I don't think either of us, we had been told, you know, to be just prepared to be wowed. Because it's a park that's so remote, a lot of people don't venture there. So it is a very kind of quiet park is what I would say. And even on the busy weekend of we were there basically Easter Sunday we and were. Monday and then the following Tuesday. Sunday was busy, but did what did busy look like? Right. Not, not very that busy. Yeah. Not um, wonderful. Not, <laughs> you beat me to the punch because <laughs> this is a, a weather girl and devil wears Prada reference Mm -hmm. chalk filled episode so on sunday we had hiked many things we had so we started with the lost mine trail then we did the window trail Mm -hmm. and then we went and did a cactus trail right which which you'll hear about you'll hear about Mm -hmm. and then we also went and did another trail at another section of the park Mm -hmm. that you'll also hear about later Mm -hmm. and our episode titled small trails that's right it's coming though that's right but we did know we wanted to do a longer day Right. And specifically, we were trying to get to the South Rim Trail, which was something that had been highly recommended to us. Quite honestly, 
like we talk about our favorite trails all the time and this pretty immediately became like one of those favorite top trails. of the books it is immediately at the up top to the of top our of the list, list. um yeah. it's also i think probably if i'm remembering correctly the longest thing that you can kind of do within the park i well, could be wrong yeah. about that but it is it's one it's of the longer loops because um to tell you a little bit about the South Rim Trail. To do the South Rim Trail, it requires hiking some other trails in yeah. order to get to it. And then the South Rim Trail is just one leg of yeah. like a network of trails that are up in the Chisos Mountains. Mm-hmm. They all leave from the Visitor Center, yep. the Chisos Mountains Visitor Center. We were told by a listener, by people who had gone there, do not, under any circumstances miss the South Rim Trail. Yep. It is a requirement for the two of you. You must do it. Mm-hmm. So we knew we were going to do it. Oh, we, it was slated. It was absolutely. absolutely. And we talked a lot about when we wanted to do that. We thought we were going to do it originally on Easter Sunday when we, our first day in the park, but we had traveled for like a million hours the day before yeah. and we were like, let's do small things. I don't know that my body is wants to do a very long trail on the first day. And a lot of the times we will front load. That's like our part of our practice is to be like, okay, we're going to do the heaviest stuff first and then we'll just chip away at other things. Yeah. But we, we kind of reversed load. it um, and did the second. So we did. That being said, there was a lot of thought when it came to the weather um, and what we were going to do here. And weather definitely played a role in uh, our... The magic of this. Yeah, yeah, in all of it. So it started, as most things do, with you checking the weather, checking right. in with your ex, the weather, <laughs> to see what was going on and mm-hmm. to see what they were up to that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what did you discover? Well, I discovered that it was going to be potentially very thunderstormy, which was not what I wanted to hear when we were going to be up in the mountains at I mean, the highest point of that. elevation no. in the park. <laughs> um, this was not like the most thrilling thing to discover, but it was sort of like I checked the weather app, then I checked weather.gov, which I often check, which I think is better than the weather app. And this is exactly, this is what, I'm exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Right. You mm-hmm. check the access Twitter, you check the access <laughs> Facebook, you check the access Instagram, <laughs> but you know to find the real info you got to check the Snapchat. That's right. And that's where you went. That's where I went. I went to weather.snapchat.gov. That's right. <laughs> we don't know what that website is, everybody. So Please don't go there. Maybe don't go there. Yeah. Or do and report yeah. back. <laughs> we were like, okay, well, you know what? Let's just drive in. Weather can be unpredictable, especially when it comes to like mountainous areas. Maybe it'll work out in our favor. Yeah, that's and why so- it didn't work out for you before with them. <laughs> right. Right. So, because they were all over the place and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, we woke up and, you know, we're, we we kind of got ourselves together. We ate breakfast. We had to, you know, use Eartha Pit toilet. That's um, right. And throw, Airbnb. and throw Lady Peat Moss on top. That's right. We uh-huh. had a primitive Airbnb yeah. in the middle of like the desert in Terlingua. Mm-hmm. And, um, which was great. It was awesome. We loved it. Mm-hmm. And yes, it was an outdoor toilet situation Turlet. that involved Peat Moss. It's very dark at this point in the morning when we're leaving. So as we drive, as we're driving into the park, it was a good half hour in, I believe. Oh, no. It It was was like a whole hour. It was a whole hour, yeah. It was a whole hour in, and we had decided that, you know, we're just going to give it a shot. Right. We know what the weather looks like, but you know what? Let's just try it. Let's go and see if it's different there than it is here. 
Yeah. So when as, we were leaving, it was pretty, it was dark, and yeah. then it transitioned into foggy. Right. So the sun had come up, and it was kind of foggy, and as we kind of started to approach the park, we really couldn't see anything but a lot of fog, except as we started to drive in, we kind of broke through the clouds right before the park. You could see the mountains in the distance in a very, like, we were sort of like in a valley, and there was a very dark cloud hanging right. over everything and, and i was that like was concerning that's not great so we just kind of we had other things we could have done if this didn't work out but we made our way to Chizos basin visitor center we were fully ready to put our clown makeup on and you know play the calliope <laughs> right yeah mm-hmm. right and so we get to the visitor center we pull in and we park and we notice that there's a little more like sunshine breaking through some clouds here. Mm-hmm. It's lighter here. And we can see some blue sky beyond. And so we're like, okay, let's just give it some time. Let's see what happens. Yeah. So we sat in the car. We had prepared layers because yeah. it was the desert in April. So it was relatively cool all in the morning. All kinds of temperatures. And all kinds of temperatures throughout the day. So we sat in the car. I think we ate some more breakfast and we just oh, I'm sure chatted more. to yeah. see there were basically no cars here in the visitor center lot which was quite the antithesis to yesterday or the day prior when we were there hiking the window trail what we start to notice is there are some other people they're starting to gear up a little bit i think we both were like okay let's use the restroom and then let's stand outside and see what we want to do we had our rain jackets and everything on we sort of were like okay well Let's take a look at the map and see what this looks like and see how we're feeling. And so we did. We took a look at the map. We were sitting there. We could see that like there were... The clouds were sort of moving like over the car and up to the mountains behind us. And we were like, okay, so the clouds are sort of getting out of the way now. Yeah. And I think I just turned to you and I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just do it. Yeah. And you know what? If it ends up getting... We get poured on... We got rain jackets. We'll just yep. turn around. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So so we decided to just go for it. Okay, so we have this these two birds, the exact same bird. They're talking to each other right yeah. now. One is like over to our left. One is over to our right. And um, yeah, we don't know which birds these are quite yet. No, you will find out later because you're sleuthy. <laughs> That's right. I will find out because when on the trail, it is nice to just like sit and enjoy them and then like worry about identifying them later. So Big Bend is a huge spot for birding. Mm -hmm. Not something I knew or you knew prior to going. Other than like we knew there were great birds there. But we did not realize that it was like a major spot in the States for birding. Yeah. Like an important migratory stop too. Huge. There are over 400 species of native and migratory birds that live and pass through. Big Bend. And you can literally see birds here that you can't see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Here is the unfortunate part is that we were, neither of us were like on the Merlin app yet, like identifying birds no. through sound. So there's like the birds that you just heard in that clip. Um, unfortunately, we could not figure out what they were. Mm-mm. But 
if somebody out there hears them and knows that call, let us know. Yeah. Because I did put the Merlin app up to these recordings and it could not figure it out. Call your bird friend. <laughs> Can you figure it out? Give that bird song. Tell me without a doubt. Oh, there it is. That you know that bird singing too. Oh, it's just, it comes out like gold. It's natural. It's natural. <laughs> so yeah, we had been um, walking up the Laguna Meadow section of this trail. Mm-hmm. And really, we weren't even on the Laguna Meadow Trail proper at this time. No, it's sort of like a connector from the visitor center. This first section of this trail, we're going to call the little connectors because little there's connectors. a whole bunch of little connector trails mm-hmm. that like lead to essentially the beginning of the Laguna Meadow section mm-hmm. or the Laguna Meadow Trail of uh, that we were taking up. Now, we were told at the visitor center because we asked about doing this and she, uh, the ranger was like, absolutely do it. It's such a great loop to mm-hmm. do. Do not go up the pinnacles. Go down the <laughs> pinnacles. Go up the Laguna Meadow Trail. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned before, the South Rim Trail is technically just one section. This is part of a bigger loop. We had to do quite a big loop in order to get from the visitor center all the way around and back. Therefore, this trail is broken up into two episodes. Because it's epic. That's right. And it was going to be about six miles, six and a half miles to like what we'll call the midway point, Mm -hmm. and then five and a half miles back. Right. That was what was predicted. Right. And so, um, and it would be about 2,000 feet of elevation. Mm -hmm. So we knew we were in for a long and exhausting day, but like we were so excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing ourselves, we love our epic long days. And so for us, epic is always worth it when it comes to like hiking. And epic days are really subjective. So for us, a 17 to 25 mile a day is pretty epic, but that's just us and we are gluttons for punishment and long walks that's right. and um, feet that want to like beat you up after. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that's right. We also acknowledge that like half a mile on a trail can be considered an epic day for somebody. For, yeah. for somebody. Yeah. And for people. Absolutely. And so we don't, the distance and epicness does not, um, those two things are not mutually exclusive. That's true. But I will say this, we have made a lot of calls when it comes to like, hiking trails and where to go and how to start and how to finish. Mm -hmm. I am very glad about the call we made today to go up Laguna Meadow and then come down Pinnacles. Yes. There were a lot of reasons for that. Again, you'll hear more about that in the second part of this episode. (laughs) Right. Although you might hear from somebody earlier in this episode um, regarding the Pinnacles. (laughs) You might. You might. You might. So in our first section, which we're calling the little connectors, so this is the first part of this loop. It isn't completely flat. So there are a lot of flat trails that are here, but there is some incline. But the grade of that incline is not terrible. It's pretty minimal compared to what we are going to get into. We will also say that there are some pretty big sections within the trail itself, the loop, which do end up 
being um, pretty flat. So while there's incline in total on this south rim loop, there are flat parts too. So just some things to think about. So we've come up the little connectors that get you basically to the Laguna Meadows Trail. We are at a point now where we have hit a sign that will basically be, I think, where we come back later. Um, because you can go to the left for Pinnacles, which is what we're coming back on, or to the right for the Laguna Meadows, which is going to take us to the South Rim. We could go either way, but I think we are going to be doing our major ascent by going through the meadows and then coming back, descending on Pinnacles. The fog is starting to lift a little here, so we're getting more of the ridge lines. Trees are able to see, peaks we're able to see. There is some sunlight breaking through. We can see on like other sides of the clouds. It kind of feels like today might be a little bit like um, the Sliding Sands Trail in Haleakala where we were in clouds for a lot of it and then that cloud cover just burned off. So hopefully that's the case as we continue to move along this trail. We just bumped into some folks who are doing part of what we're doing. They're doing Laguna Meadows and then bumping back. So we have a much longer stretch ahead of us. Up to this point, we had hiked almost a half a mile. And this section doesn't feel very long. It was, you know, fairly quick. But we knew that the next section was going to be longer. Mm -hmm. So we were getting ready for that. Yeah. The next section of trail was actually the proper Laguna Meadow Trail. This section we knew was going to be three and a half miles long, and it contained long stretches and four different sets of switchbacks. The first two switchbacks, pretty small. Yeah. The second two, those were like fuller, more proper, huge sets of switchbacks. Mm -hmm. So we just made it up to this little curved ridge here. We're about to curve quite a bit. Over to the right, the peaks are starting to peek through. They're very green. These are the Chisos Mountains. They're very green and they are bespeckled with green. They're trees, but they're not very tall trees. Shorter trees. And then over to the left, it's like the sun is literally, we can see it through the clouds peeking through. Is that behind clouds or is that behind a peak, would you say? I think it's behind a peak. I think it's behind a peak, too. That's a very tall peak. So as we're hiking up here, you know, in the small early part of um, the Laguna Meadows, we do end up encountering some other people, um, uh, like a husband and wife, I believe, that was hiking kind of alongside of us. They had come in from another vein of this Little Connectors trail, like we had spotted them earlier on the trail on in Little Connectorsville. We chatted with them a little there. They were ahead of us, and then they stopped to unpack, and then we ended up ahead of them. On Little Connectors, since I am Mr. Weather, it was very foggy, but light. Like the the sun was obviously trying to do something. And there was a lot of atmosphere happening. But as we start to move, some things start to shift. This is where we start to see the Chizos Mountains. We start to just get little glimpses of them as they're coming through the clouds. So the Chizos is the only mountain range that is contained entirely inside of a national park boundary. The tallest peak in the Chizos Mountains is Emery Peak at 7,825 feet. To offer a little bit of perspective, the visitor center is at 4,500 feet. So the highest peak is 7,800. 
25 feet. Mm-hmm. So about 4,300. 4,300 if yeah. we were to have gone all the way up to there. Mm-hmm. By the time we did, we did about 3,500 in like total mm-hmm. on this day. But we knew that Emory Peak was an option at the end because right. it's sort of like an offshoot from the loop we were doing. Yeah. And so we just put a little pin in it to say, oh, we could do that. We could do Emory Peak. That's she, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, these mountains, the Chisos, are volcanic mountains, which mm-hmm. means what, Mike? That they were made through volcanic activity. That's right. <laughs> they aren't fault black, fault block, or um, or the other type, or the other type stone. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, or I can't remember the other ones. We just did an episode on this too. Fold mountains. Fold. That's another. That's mm-hmm. another one. Yeah. Which most mountains are fold mountains. Mm-hmm. So they're vol- volcanic. These are volcanic. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. As we left the little connectors area and started to make our way on the long stretch of the Laguna Meadow Trail, the trail starts to go up some switchbacks and it starts to wrap around some peaks. After making that bend, after getting up to that like ledge, um, now uh, the trail is winding around mountains. It's like a tunnel of trees that we're passing through that are really beautifully green that have like some yellow leaves on them. They're still cacti to either side. And it's a slow, very sort of gentle slope upward as we make these turns around these peaks. So we've come around a corner and all of a sudden the fog is starting to lift and there is blue sky dead ahead. And we're sort of on these kind of winding ridges through this green forest. And you're sort of like enter into this bowl almost of mountain. We've already taken off jackets. (laughs) We will be slowly disrobing this entire time. So stay tuned for our only parks content after dark. (laughs) We're about 1.2 miles into this trail right now. And, um, uh, over to the right is just the most spectacular view. It's just like vistas in the distance, and right now the clouds are lifting above them. They're so tall. It's a lot of orange rock, red rock, dotted with some green trees, but it is mostly rock that has shot up out of the earth. What we are walking toward is just taller peaks and more blue skies those clouds burn off the view that we're going to go to those mountains oh my god it's like there and the light is sort of just like highlighting the western side of all of them the other thing that i'm noticing here is that the prickly pear cactuses because there's a lot of them on this trail that are like just off to the side of the trail so animals will eat them and you can see where they've bitten off and some of them heal and some of them don't but um a lot of times when they don't, they sort of take the shape of like a like a catcher's mitt from baseball. So we're seeing a lot of that. We just turned another corner on these peaks and oh my goodness, they are so high, so tall. Okay, so we really lucked out today because um, it was really cloudy at the start of this trail. And um, we were concerned about not being able to see the vistas if everything was in cloud coverage. 
but the clouds have lifted and being able to see the peaks as the clouds lift is just such a gift. Let's talk about the incline here in the Laguna Meadows Trail. I'm not gonna lie. It was like, it was incline, but it wasn't. It was very gradual though. But it was pleasant incline. Mm -hmm, And I don't mm -hmm. know that I've ever said that about incline. (laughs) It was a very pleasant incline. Yeah. I just remember Well, there was a lot going on too. There's, at this time, like when we're looking off to our right, it's like the clouds are starting to part and it's like peak, 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 green meadow leading up to a peak. Peaks behind us. Peaks behind us. We can see like the visitor center way Mm, in the distance. We can see also sort of what we would have hiked on the window trail the other day. That's right. And then like we can see down into that valley. Mm -hmm. Like the other thing this thing is doing is like it's curving around peaks. Right. Is what's happening here with the Laguna Meadow Trail. It sort of reminded me of the Kalalau Trail, this first part of Laguna Meadow. Because you like kind of go into the valley of the mountain and then you have to jut to the right and we're not there just yet but that's where we start to kind of hit our switchbacks um yeah but and and then you kind of go up from there so that's sort of what it was doing it was very interesting like we kept being like oh where are we going next oh i think we're going up there oh we can see that there's light up there i think that's where we're going don't you love when like that's the case on a trail oh yeah i live for that stuff because you hope that you're going there (laughs) when you're like when you're at a at a point and you're like you know what the map says but then you look and you're like oh look I can see part of a trail over there I wonder if we're doing that Mm -hmm. like that I love that stuff that's like what makes it like fun and adventurous oh absolutely this Laguna Meadows trail was doing that right and left there was so much of that happening also the vegetation along the trail here was cacti baby oh my goodness so much all the cactus flowers too and they were coming through and like there was a lot of different kinds of cacti Mm -hmm. and i just love like seeing a completely different kind of ecosystem we obviously don't have cacti here in the northeast on our trails in New Jersey, there are some types of cactus. There's like one type of cactus that grows here, right. which is interesting. But yes, not but yeah, like we not don't in get the to see like density that we're seeing in Texas or and the all Southwest. the different kinds yeah. of cacti. Yes, and so it, on this trail, we got it's like you could see everything, all the different kinds of cacti right here. Cacti, yeah, cacti, cacti. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> After this sort of long stretch of trail. It's kind of interesting because sometimes we were seeing through the trees behind us. Sometimes we were very much so covered. Sometimes it was open to the left and we could kind of see up. Sometimes it was open to the right and we could kind of see the valley that we were kind of working our way around on this ridge. Um, It reminded me of the Peekaboo Trail in Bryce Canyon mm. a little bit just because it kept giving us something new to see Mm -hmm. at every turn. Yes. So after this long stretch of trail, which ends up being sort of like as we're hitting this part where we're kind of, we've gone all the way in on this ridge and now we're banking to the right. We're pretty flat here. And then this is where we start to curve in back to the left and start to hit like we're in more of a foresty sort of area at this point. And it's interesting too, looking at how the ground is changing. Cause this was like more soily here as opposed to like deserty Sandy. Um, but this is where we start to hit that first set of switchbacks. And with that, let's take our first break. 
All right, so we're playing I Don't Get the Appeal, mm-hmm. which is we play this game a lot on the trail, mm-hmm. which is mostly just like a place to like air out petty feelings <laughs> about things. And Mike, what have you got for us? It's blow up lawn decorations for the holidays. Oh. So let's sink in, baby girl. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> oh my God, go there. Because it's just, they're so gaudy and awful and none of them are cute. It's all like, here's Snoopy riding an airplane. And like, here's like Oogie Boogie from, you know, a 10 foot tall Oogie Boogie that blows up from the Nightmare Before Christmas. And it's like, you know what? There's no, part of it is they are obnoxious. And then when they're not blown up, they just look like, you know, deflated shells of people on the ground, like puddles. But the other thing is, is there's no creativity when it comes to this type of decorating. Sing my song. And Mm -hmm. there's also, the problem is also this. So lack of creativity is far and away. Epidemic in this country, in this world. Epidemic. But it's that there isn't even aesthetic to how they are placed on the lawn. Like if someone could elevate it and do it well, maybe I would say, okay. Like, but usually it's like, you just like, like, it's just like you threw a bunch of darts at a board and you're like, Oh, this is my layout this year. And it's always looks terrible. It's always crowded. It's always like obnoxious. It's always gaudy. And it just, I'm like, do your own homework and your due diligence to just try to invoke your creativity. Just try. Like no one, everyone is either afraid or just decides they don't have it. I can't draw a stick figure is what I hear all the time when I tell people that I'm an art teacher. I'm like, you absolutely can. You've just decided that you'd like to remove yourself from creative experiences. And so that's what I, ooh, you've like, the button has been hit. Yeah. But seriously, it's like, it is, it's an utter lack of creativity. And then it's a utter lack of aesthetic when it comes to it. And I just think it's too much. So I don't get the appeal of it. Girl, sing my song. Mm -hmm. Also, they get dirty. They get dirty. They look awful. Yep. Um, I just, I think they're stupid. Yeah. They're just dumb. Yeah. And like, um, I'm sorry. Like, I understand like wanting to put familiar characters in your yard. There are ways to do it where they're not like blown up. You know what I mean? No. I just think I don't even dumb. get that appeal. I can, but I, if somebody has handmade something that's like really well done and artistically sure. sound and like aesthetically thought about but i'm also like why do we have to like lean on looney tunes and disney for things no i I understand that because now that's not my argument my argument is this (laughs) my argument is hi i want to put these characters that i love because i love them into my yard Mm. this is a different petty grievance the whole like leaning on character why can't so i'm gonna be like i want to decorate my house for Halloween. Let me come up with 12 original characters that have never existed anywhere else to put them in my yard. Listen, Dracula, the mummy, all the of those wolf exist already. But they're not char- they're not like all of characters uh, are archetypes. Di- no. Okay, it's archetypes true. They is are different. Archetypes. This is yeah. But what I'm saying is I don't fault this person who is like I want to put Snoopy in my yard. Mm. I want to put all this stuff in my yard. I want to do the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That thing means something to me. Sure. And they come up with a beautiful way to do it. Okay. I don't like it when they decide to just throw an inflatable in the middle of the yard and say that my house is decorated for Halloween because no, that's not how it goes. (laughs) My um, 
I don't get the appeal is very similarly. It's it's the same problem. We have the same problem, which is um, I do not get the appeal of um, Halloween costumes and bags. Oh, yeah. Because they're so cheap looking. Now, I do get like it's to me, it's sort of like I call it penny drag. Add her name to the list. <laughs> but it's literally penny drag, right? Yep. Like I'm and now you can't even get those bags penny for pennies. <laughs> penny drag full. Like you have to pay a lot of money for co- you know, costumes bags and costumes, bags. Yeah. But it's like, you know, people are like it's their first sort of experience with like putting on a costume and being something else or someone else. Mm-hmm. And like, great, that's great. But like there is Never a costume from a bag that someone wears that when you see it, you don't immediately go, that's a costume from a bag. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. how do we elevate? That means that that just might need to be, if you're going to use it as some sort of base or something else, we're going to have to add to it. We're going to have to do other things. Yeah. Like, this bag has not solved all of your artistic problems. Like, if you want to do something for Halloween, say and be something else and dress up as some kind of character that you love, you're going to have to put thought into it. Mm -hmm. Thought and intention is why we have art class. Mm -hmm. And this sort of just like rampant, like epidemic of, of lack of creativity, but it's like, it's not even lack of creativity. It's like choosing to have no creativity. People who are just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just disengage from having like a creative, making a creative choice. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, clearly you didn't go to art class, girl. And we can all tell Mm -hmm. because you got, here's the only thing that I'm down with being inflated is those it's your ego <laughs> <laughs> that's right that at any point in time offender of that 100 percent. no it's those stupid things in front of car washes that look like oh. they have mohawks the wavy the and, wavy wacky and wavy, they're like going all over the place man. yeah i i freaking love those things oh, frickin', i love those I frickin', things i freaking love it i love them i think they're ridiculous but something about them brings me joy and that's i don't get the appeal so we've entered the next section of this trail. We're at about 1.6 miles in. Now we have made it to sort of the base of those mountains we saw in the distance. And we just have come up a couple of switchbacks. We're curious if this is going to be more switchbacks. The terrain is still, the slope has come up a little bit, a little more gravel in this area, but it's still like a tunnel of trees. And there are birds talking to each other right now. So we came up through some forest. It's kind of like, it almost looks like black sand here. Like sliding sands, yeah. There are some washout, like logs across the path. And we're just getting, like all of the fog is burned off at this point. And we are just seeing the incredible views. As we were coming up to this one switchback, there is a pretty tall set of mountains in front of us. And this is the part of the trail where we're gaining most of our elevation. So we're fairly certain that there is a saddle between two peaks, that that will likely be our point where we're hitting our top elevation. But who knows? The adventure continues. Okay, so we have to talk about the views here. We do. Because we were not left wanting, that is for sure. I understand why you equate this to the Peekaboo Trail, because absolutely every point in Bryce Canyon National Park 
every point on this trail in Big Bend National Park came with a better and better view. The higher that we climbed, the better the view. We were able to see just more into the distance and a lot of what we were seeing at this point. So in front of us, as after we've come through the switchbacks, we're back into like a little bit more of trail that is more exposed here. But what we're seeing is behind us that view that's towards the visitor center, which is very clear now. Essentially, we have no cloud cover anymore. And we, I think, several times are like, we made a great choice. Like, not only did we get to see the clouds shift and move, but we are early in the day hiking. The sun is like at this beautiful point, like where we're still in the shadow of the mountain, but at the peaks, which are in front of us, the opposite side of the visitor center view, the sun is starting to crest on them. And it is just, it's beautiful. It's just artistic. I do think we're headed up to that saddle. I do too. I do yeah. too. <laughs> it's like, oh, you hear those birds going? I wonder what that one is. Two different ones. No, that's three now. So we're still on these switchbacks, but we sort of, we're on a very long one and we can see the trail that we were just on. Oh, oh, those birds are so beautiful. They're singing to each other. Early morning bird gossip. We just had two Mexican Jays fly by us on the trail. Where there is one Mexican Jay, there are most likely more. There's at least three hanging out right now. There are those with those loud calls right there. So after doing some research last night on Mexican Jays, um, oh my God, they're so beautiful. They're like a cerulean blue, like heads and then their backs and wings. And then they're like underbelly is white or gray. They do look similar to like, what was the other bird? Scrub jays. Scrub jays. They do look similar to scrub jays. And Mexican jays are found mostly in Mexico, but then also in like the very top of their like migration area and the area that they like inhabit is in Big Bend National Park. And then also in like Southeast Arizona and Southwest Mexico. So. I believe they can also be seen in Saguaro National Park. And they're very social, and they don't mind being around people. Okay, so now we get to some of these proper switchbacks. Sets three and four on this Laguna Meadow uh, Mm -hmm. really pack a punch in that they are proper sets of incline switchbacks, Mm -hmm. at least the way we were going. But same, I would say, for like the incline from before pleasant switchbacks yeah this is also just like enamored by the views enamored by the landscape around us enamored by the plants we've got bird songs there was a lot to keep our brains occupied and there were definitely some long long stretches but truly it wasn't the worst we were so glad that we kind of got to this point and like we're able to like do this hike on this day. Um, we did run into some hikers here who had been through hiking and camping. They were coming down. And we 
we're like, oh, did you enjoy, like, where did you camp? We stopped them and talked to them for a moment. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, uh, we've been up there for like three days and we're headed back down. And we're like, oh, you went up the pinnacles? And they were like, yeah, don't go down the pinnacle. <laughs> no, like they were like, don't engage with the pinnacles. Don't go on the pinnacles. Fuck the all. pinnacles. <laughs> essentially. <laughs> is what is she what said. said. Yeah. That is, those were Those were words. words. And we're like, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And we just continued to trudge on because we were like, no, we're going to do that. Yeah. yeah, we are. We are because yeah. we want to know. We're mm-hmm. too curious. Mm-hmm. The other thing I loved about all these switchbacks is that they had so many like moments of like, you can tell something is coming up on the like, yeah. the oh, end yeah. of the switchback yeah. and you're going to get another view. And we had so many moments of that. We've made it to the top of the switchbacks. Um, a little bit of a grunt to get up the last part. We did strip down. We are in an unplanned way wearing exactly the same <laughs> outfit today. Don't lie, it's a Freaky Friday situation. It is. Even down to the boots. We actually have the exact same boots. Um, because I got these because you love yours. And your model's a little newer than mine, though. But still, it's the same boot but we're both wearing black tanks and olive green yoga shorts and um we're making our way up the last switchback you can see the visitor center from here yeah it's just like masterfully sweeping there are peaks in the distance there's shadows sweeping over to the right and we are about to make it to the top of the saddle and see what's on the other side i know i'm curious what about you are you curious? Always. <laughs> Let's see what's on the other side here. Now, fully exposed sun. We're about to get a view off to our left, finally. Just going to walk over there just to see. Okay, so it's it's not like another vista, but there are definitely more like hills and peaks over here to this side. And so... Which direction are we going? This way or the other way? No, we're going that way. We're going this way, but we're going to go over here to this overlook. So we're up here past the saddle, and there are definitely different bird sounds happening up here. When we were on the switchbacks changing, we did see some tiny, little, tiny, tiny birds. Little, tiny gray birds. (laughs) They were so tiny, like just flitting through the trees. There were a few of them. So we'll have to figure out what those were later. But there are definitely different sounds up here. And now it's sort of like walking. These feel a little more like hills. Yeah, it's kind of like California a little bit. A little bit like California. Yeah, definitely. We're actually getting some decline right now, losing some elevation. And the sun is bright and it feels good and it's not hot. It's just pleasantly like right there between warm and cool. And I'm not complaining. While this particular corner that we approach right here in this moment didn't come with like the biggest of surprises there certainly uh, were others that Mm -hmm. did Mm -hmm. at this point we were about two miles into the trail uh we were fully in switchback world at this point and we were between now set three and set four of switchbacks this is where we are now more in direct sun so we've sort of climbed high enough the sun has also climbed high enough that 
were less shaded. There is still shade on the trail, but um, we're starting to experience more sun. And I'd say it's probably like getting closer to like nine at this point. We were both like, okay, we need to, I think I was ahead of you. And I just stopped and I was like, okay, because I had pants on with shorts underneath a tank top on with a long sleeve over top of it. And I think I had already ditched my jacket at this point. Like I think I stopped at some point to get rid of the jacket and put it in my bag. But um, the warmth had come. And so I just started to disrobe essentially down to, you know, shorts and a tank and you followed suit. Um, This is also where we did some uh, snacking. Transition this podcast into <laughs> some kind of like erotica um, <laughs> oh on the trail erotica. Yeah. <laughs> the way you were just describing that. And we began to disrobe. I was like, what? Uh, this is, well, this is where we're headed yep. eventually, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slowly trajectory. descent into erotica. <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder if there's fan fiction out there. Uh-huh. Erotica madness. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. That's that. Uh-huh. Now I am just like thrown off by that. Yeah. But anyway, um we th- took a moment we took to a snack, moment to snack here <laughs> on ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we did though. Um, no, not, not, on ourselves. not on ourselves. Um, Woo, um, I know. Hot mics. Uh-huh. Um, well, you got one over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting Punchy. for that. Okay. We so took a break. We took a break. This we, is where um, the couple that we had started to hike with met up with us again. They had come like up the trail behind us. Um, and they also were like, this is this was a haul. Like this, this section was in particular was, a haul. It was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we finally start to make our way toward the end of the Laguna Meadow Trail. Mm-hmm. And um, we're so high up now that it does finally start to flatten out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're in like a flatter area. This was after like we make it through the two sets of switchbacks. And then we're now up top and it's flatter and there are some campgrounds around. When we kind of hit the crest of Laguna Meadow, there is this flat sort of like pronounced overlook um and this is where you you're like oh my god we are way up up high and you can see like essentially i'm pretty sure you can see the visitor center if i remember from here and the parking lot and you're like wow we we did a lot like we have climbed a lot of elevation it didn't feel like i didn't feel beat up by it but we definitely gained some ground here and some elevation this is also where we we meet up with some other people here we'd passed the couple again that we had originally met on the trail and there were these two women and they were talking on the phone and we just like kind of were able to take everything in it's interesting cuz we did i don't really think i knew what was going to happen next as far as the trail goes because it's at the top here, you're kind of, we're on the saddle. Looking down, you can see the parking lot. But behind you, there are all of these windy kind of hills. We kind of slowly start to descend. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't much of a descent. This was no. like, this part of the trail starts to become a lot of incline decline happening. And this is yeah. where... Things start to flatten out right after this section. We're entering an area that is more canopied that has campgrounds around Mm -hmm. okay so we have come up a foresty area right it's very shady it's kind of like 
thicketed, thicketed. And we've been passing the campsites on our right. Right. So we basically are at maybe, maybe 0.7 miles till we get to the South Rim Trail at this point. And we also passed where the Dodson Trail spilled, uh, like... Would come to basically meet up to where we're at right now, which is on Laguna Meadow. Right. We're about to come, we're about to round a corner and see something else. It's like a perfect temperature right now. And hopefully it stays this way. But yeah, we're about to reach like an overlook. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Whoa. This is welcome to Jurassic Park. (laughs) It is. There are very green, greener than we've seen elsewhere, mountains in front of us. Just like, it's sort of like they start really high up to the left, they slope down to a center saddle, and then they keep sloping up to the right. Then in some peaks behind them. Yeah, like in that, keep going. And then in front of this sort of major mountain pass, there's a... Another ridge kind of coming down. Another ridge coming down that's definitely more... um, Earthy. And it's got a lot of orange and brown and tan in it. While this, like, sort of centerpiece of mountain is just very, very green. God, what a beautiful view. So we're at another vantage point here. We're seeing the same sort of area, just from a different view, but up sort of like to the center of the left side peaks, there's like a meadow where the trees look like they were burned. And I'm- Right, and we heard there was a forest fire on the South Rim, so we're curious if that's at least part of what we're gonna be up to. It seems like we might be rounding this peak here in a second. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely parts of this that feel like Highline in some parts in Glacier, just the section. We get to this part and we turn the corner and see this incredibly stunning view. Mm -hmm. We're right at the end of the Laguna Meadow Trail, toward Mm -hmm. the end. We haven't gotten to the juncture that like would either put us on the South Rim Trail or the Kalima Trail, Mm -hmm. but we're getting close. Yeah, Up in the distance, we see this like saddle area that is covered in a green meadow. But dead trees. And dead trees. Yeah. And it was super weird. And yeah. And we were like, oh, mm-hmm. this is like, there's a lot happening up there. And yeah. I wonder if we're going to get up there. Or maybe that's just like an area that's so high up in the air, we're not going there. Mm-hmm. But we did think we were like, maybe we will. Maybe we will get there. We kept walking along this ridge. We're now on like a ridge where like there's just so much view. Open. On yeah. Open to the right. F- to the right, on front of us, as we're walking along. And eventually, finally, walking along this ridge brings us to the intersection with the Kalima Trail and the South Rim Trail. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the Laguna Trail ends, and you can either go to the left to go on the Kalima Trail, or we can go to the right to go on the South Rim Trail. Mm-hmm. We definitely had to take a moment with the map here. Yeah. For the record, it does feel very intuitive to want to continue on to the Kalima Trail at this juncture point, but we had to make that right to stay on the South Rim. It just like it feels like you just want to go with the Kalima Trail. But if you're trying to do the whole loop, you got to stay 
state of the right there. Also, um, for the record, um, in our outline, um, I had placed a little thing about maps and how we had a little argument and that I was right, but um, Mike conveniently <laughs> skipped it so that he would not have to say that. Just for the record, let the record show that you definitely just breezed right over that. Oh, you're on, you're on her. She's reaching. <laughs> you're on her. She is reaching. Um, so anyway, Dusty is very good with maps and I inserted myself in a way that I shouldn't because I am not as good, good with maps. And so Dusty's right all the time. And, um, oh, now you she's know, reaching. now, now, she's now reaching. we're going to do this dance, I guess, mm-hmm. because it's the come for me show. And <laughs> like, you know, anyway, Dusty was correct when it came to the maps because it was confusing here because it did feel intuitive and like you wanted to continue on the Kalima Trail. But anyway, we we turned turned right right and we thought, oh, okay, well, maybe this is going to bring us up to that lofted meadow where those dead trees were. And with that, let's take our second break. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage... Deliria. Deliria. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a last name. No. She is just Deliria. She is just Deliria. Okay, who is Deliria? Who is Deliria? What kind of queen is Deliria? She's a mismatch queen. Oh. Because she's so confused that she just doesn't know. She's like, oh my God, I have a business meeting, but I also am going for a jog. And so her outfits are kind of a mishmash. Oh, I like, see. Like, you know what I mean? She's, she's like, like running she's on delirious. caffeine and no yeah. sleep. She's <laughs> yeah. in delirium. Caffeine and amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So yeah. she's just like a giant power clash. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's like yeah. she elevates power clash Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. i feel like her songs would it wouldn't be like one lip sync song no it'd be a mashup it would be a mashup and they would transition at all the wrong moments right right and Mm -hmm. it would just feel like chaotic and inconsistent Mm -hmm. and that is deliria yeah so what's her merch that's a great question does she have i feel like yeah she has merch she's gotta have something i feel like it's literally whatever the queen found that day (laughs) i found these napkins on sale this is my merch i just signed them oh you know what it is i know what it is it's not merch but she does a gift auction at her shows, but it's the weirdest baskets. They're all mismatched. It's all oh, mismatched items. Oh, I love items. it. So she's just got a basket of weird stuff. But it's, no, tons of baskets. She's It's a gift auction. Oh, so we have to like set up a silent auction at her show? Yeah. This feels like a lot. Well... She can do it. She's delirious. <laughs> <laughs> She's delirious. I could also see a live auction. Okay, great. A live I could auction. I see a live auction mm-hmm. component too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I like this. I like uh-huh. this. Baskets of random things. Yeah, it's like, like in here, here. Here's capers and some socks. And some and socks. Also and also some a, um, a speaker. And I don't know if it and, works. And also some um, daffodil bulbs for the spring. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Also, girl, I noticed your, what are those daisies when I came They're in? They're Montauk daisies. Oh my God, they're so beautiful. They're full daisies. Your garden is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Deliria. Okay, so now we're in that meadow. Yeah, surprise, surprise. We have been intuiting where we were going. Where we're headed. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
It's wild because it looked really far away. It did. But I think that took us, what, 15 minutes? Not long at all. We've Maybe been 10 minutes. some really good time here. Like, we've hiked about five miles, and we've done it in, like, just under three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Which Two is, and a half hours to do five miles. Yeah. So, we're doing... I mean, this has sort of been our common place for the trip. Like, that mm-hmm. was the case for Windows. That was the case for, for Lost Mine, too. So... Right. Yeah. So, this meadow slopes upward and it's definitely covered in regrowth there's a lot of regrowth happening because the grass here is like a really light light pale pale green and then the trees are just all charred from the fire i think it was like 100 acres was burned is what we were told in like 2020 so yeah and it just continues across the the tops of these peaks in front of us So now we're in this meadow and it's incredibly different from the other areas on this hike because first of all, it's very elevated and we are very high up and we are fully in the Chizos now. Not that we haven't been this whole time, but we are, we're at the peaks, like we're, we're high up here. So we walk a little further on this trail, leaving the meadow behind us. And we come to this area that feels like there is a sweeping canyon to our right and our left. And the trail takes us to the right. Okay, so we're standing here. We've made it into the canyon, what feels like the canyon of this trail, like up on top of all the peaks. There's two deer right down there. I think they're mule deer. Yeah, they're not white-tailed deer. Because of the way their tails have just like flopped down in the back. Also, they have bigger ears, which is a very much a mule deer thing. And there's two of them right down there, peacefully. See, like, right across from us right now, across, like, the canyon. That's behind the ridge line of, like, another peak. It's kind of just jutting up. It looks like there's radio towers or something up top there. But, yes, the, the trail itself has, like, a very gentle incline. But at times, it's becoming much flatter. We're in this canyon now. And I would say we're... At least we're a little over a third of the way into this full loop. How are you feeling right now? Like I was alive. Oh. I was, mm-hmm. I mean, but the thing about the canyon too is like everything's burned. Like it's all dead. It was wild. It was strange. And we had heard that there was a fire um, at, I forget exactly when, but it was fairly recent within not that many years ago. So yeah, it's very interesting to see like, to kind of just like notice the difference from Laguna Meadow. Like it was like lush, beautiful, wonderful, like incredible. And then all of a sudden it's just like Decrepit the swamps landscape. of sadness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Minus the swampiness. Yeah. Well, it was definitely like um, this was where it started to feel like uh, the Wicked Witches mm-hmm. uh, forest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, just not know. dark out. I'd turn back if I were you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it definitely started to feel this way. But it was... What I also loved is being able to see, like, at this section, we were able to see, like, on the other side of the canyon, mm-hmm. I say with quotation marks right now, because it's, like, a vast area that dips down. There's another trail over across. Mm-hmm. And we noticed it, and we noticed a hiker, and we it was a small... I mean, they were very small. They were far away very far away and we were like oh are we doing that now or later yeah okay so we're standing here on the south rim trail right by the campsite sr2 um a swallow just flew it's flying around over and on top over there 
I don't know if it's a barn swallow or a cliff swallow. There it is. There's a few of them. See them? <laughs> no one can see. No one can see. We can see. <laughs> but um, this is a brand new Vista vantage point with different peaks over here. There's sort of like two big peaks to the right and one on the left with another little like peak peeking out behind it. Peak peeking. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, then forward, it's just like sort of more sloping peaks with like some clouds like hanging out in like one pocket of a bunch of them over um, out there and to the left. It's gorgeous. This trail is very reminiscent of the Sliding Sands Trail in Haleakala. Not only because of just all the sweeping views and all the different sort of... This has already felt like four different trails just on this, on this day so far. And um, you're hearing us sniffle and you're hearing us like crying a little bit, crying a little bit because... Um, <laughs> The sunblock is sweating down off of our foreheads and into our eyes. And it's just, um, we could definitely like perform a scene from the end of Steel Magnolias right now if we wanted to. I can walk all the way to Texas and back, but my daughter can't. She never could. I just want to hit something. <laughs> he uh, hit Wisa. Yes. So we're going to continue along the South Rim for a while. We've gone 5.19 miles so far in about two hours and 44 minutes. Okay, so we've made it to like the other side of the like meadow with the burned trees. This one sort of section of the canyon is off to our left. And we're sort of, we can see that there are trails on the other side of the canyon. And we're trying to figure out like which one we're gonna be getting on. Right, this is like a big fish hook that we have to do essentially. And then we kind of continue up and to the right and up again, very briefly to the right to get into Boot Canyon. Because we can't do, there is a loop off for East Canyon, or as the sign back there said, Northeast Canyon, but that's a peregrine falcon nesting area. So in the spring, it's not open for hiking. That's right, because they're nesting and they don't want to bother them. And which is good because we want the peregrine falcon to have um, lots of babies so we can have many peregrine falcons. I keep almost saying fralkins. 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 So this is kind of where we start to, there's this wind up. We kind of like come around this point and we're on this, it almost feels like a very narrow ledge. It does. It does. That's we're incline. on, this is the South Rim Trail. Yeah. We've been on it since we didn't get on the Kalima Trail. Yeah. So it brought us way up high mm-hmm. onto this meadow into this canyon and now we're on this narrow ledge Mm -hmm. we know that there's a drop off here but it's fully cloud covered like there's nothing we can see it's interesting because it's not that way to the left we're kind of still seeing into the canyon here and like seeing down we can still see that trail that's kind of winding down below us and we're kind of very curious if that's where we're headed eventually we're like, oh, well, wouldn't it be nice to see this view over to the right that yeah. we can't see that's got to be, like, incredible? Yep. Nope. No. We, no, we did not. We did not see that. At this point, we're, you know, a little over five miles on this loop. And so we know that we're, like, gonna get to the halfway point soon. Mm-hmm. And that the halfway point was, we had sort of said our halfway point is when the South Rim Trail is done and when we get to the juncture with Boot Canyon. Mm-hmm. Now, that is also 
the juncture for East Rim Trail, Mm -hmm. but that was the trail we were not going to be doing. Right. That's where the peregrines were, right? That's where the peregrines were. Yeah. We just kept trucking along and we had kind of like thrown out the idea. We're like, let's stop for lunch. I'm going to say that more like a Southerner. Seriously. Let's stop for lunch um, at the point of the the boot canyon turnoff. Yeah. Where we have to stop on the South Rim Trail. The South Rim essentially stops and then you turn in to get onto the boot canyon right. trail. Right. We're hiking up on this ridge. We eventually kind of like hook a left and we come to this flatter section. We run across some people here that I think we're going the opposite direction. Yeah. There are some signage that's here that's that talks about trails up ahead. This is a little bit of a wider section. But we also know that it looks like up ahead, we're going to kind of climb just a little bit more and that maybe like that might be a good spot for us to kind of sit and have lunch because we're right about 6.5 miles now and about 2000 feet of elevation gain. And as we walk up to that section, we do finally see this like open area that sort of feels like a viewpoint if one can't see anything though, but can't see anything it's just foggy a bank clouds. of cloud yeah and we are like damn it now we came we got all the way up this high mm-hmm. and now we can't see shit i mean we can see the dead trees in front of us right and but to we, the left of us but we know there's to like the right overlook yeah and like the thing is i'm like i know this is why these views are why everybody was saying to do the south room trail yeah. to see these views yeah but we could not see anything okay so we're almost to the junction where we are going to not get on the east rim trail but get on the boot canyon trail and um we're standing here sort of at the tail end of the south canyon trail and what are we seeing nothing (laughs) the clouds are very thick here and so it's just clouds it's like you can see the cliff edge and then beyond that who knows what it is who knows? It's reminiscent of Haleakala when we were climbing toward the end of that hike and could only see the ledges and the peaks and then the clouds parted. It's also reminiscent of driving up to the top of Wamea Canyon in Kauai and looking down. But because there was so much cloud coverage, couldn't see anything. Right. So that is sort of what this is like here. The clouds are moving, but we're not seeing much. We're sitting there and we're, you know, we've stopped for lunch. We've decided to... Yeah, eat. this is going to be our spot because we're both hungry at this point. And we're like, you know what? Who knows? It's been a weird day. Maybe we'll have some luck. Maybe we will mm-hmm. because clouds do move. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they just move and open up and you get this magical view. Mm-hmm. That has happened to us many, many times. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of obviously a sliding sands in yep. Haleakala. We got a view that was so unbelievable. Yep. I'll never forget it. And luckily I'll never forget it because you, I as a dear for sister you. for me, print uh, printed it painted it and it like it's literally the first thing i wake up and see in the morning Mm -hmm. and it is such like a special thing that like you know sort of just uh brings so much joy into my space great and i thank you for that you're welcome moments like that are just they're so special when they happen Mm -hmm. and we were like you know what it's worth it let's just stick it out yeah and let's see if we might get a surprise. Mm-hmm. 
So we stood here to wait a second and oh my God, it's coming through. Ah, it's just like rolling hills and green and peaks just for miles. (gasps) Look at that just opening up like a, like the heavens. Oh my God, what? Yeah. It's just like everything just cleared. So it was like worth the wait here. Literally, we're like, let's just sit here and have lunch. Maybe it'll clear. And literally, as we said it. As it, we said that, it started to clear. cleared up. So everybody, we are going to wait to put all of this on the Karen Stone scale until we finish this loop mm-hmm. in the next episode. Yeah. So tune in. Tune in. Because we'll, we're going to put all of this in... On the Karen, the whole loop on the Karen Stone mm-hmm. scale. We'll and also the put the sections, sections on yep. the Karen Stone scale. Yeah, but let's let's end this episode like we end all of our episodes with some Jeopardy style trivia. So, Mike, what have you got for us? Great. Today? Um, this um, Jeopardy is called overly explained bodily idioms. I'll try that again. <gasps> oh, overly explained bodily idioms, and I'm going to give you the example, which is going to make a lot of sense based off of what we just talked about in this episode. I'm so ready. So here's the example. I'm going to overly explain an idiom that's based on a body part. Great. Um, you just have to give me that idiom. So cranial in the cumulus stratus and Sirius. Head in the clouds. Correct. What so is head in the clouds? I got that inspiration because I feel like this whole entire episode, our head was in the clouds in that is so actuality. true. I love this category already. Great. So for 100... An icy clavicle scapula and humerus. What is a cold shoulder? That's correct. Mm. For mm-hmm. 200, decrepit phalanges, metacarpal, carpal, and radius. Well, we're talking about hands mm-hmm. or fingers, mm-hmm. cold fingers. Decrepit. Uh, uh, decrepit. Uh, um, wa- things that are wasting away. Old. Uh Things that are deteriorating. No, you were right with the one you said before. Wasting away. No, after that. Old. Uh-huh. These Flanges, old hands. metacarpal. These old fingers. These old hands. What's old hand? Like old hands. Like you're a pro at something. You're an old hand at it. Oh, That's the idiom. I've not heard that. Yeah. I thought it was old hat. I think both work. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Great. Listen, I love learning new idioms. Yeah. All right. Big fa- also, I love the word idiom because it sounds so much like idiot. And <laughs> I just love how like they sound so similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For 300. I'm ready. To reap or harvest info, ideas, or thoughts from someone's cerebellum, thalamus, and frontal lobe. Is it spring from a, the brain or grow from the brain? You've got the the last part, but if I'm reaping or harvesting something... I'm I'm digging it out. I'm pulling it out. If I'm, I want if I want like information from you mm-hmm. like about something I want you as a sounding board I might do this to your brain. I pick might, your brain. Right. What oh, is pick your brain? I like it. Okay. Great. For 400 to venture one's cervical spine out for another. To venture to venture out one's cervical spine out for another. To swap a backbone? Uh, I don't know. Swap a cervical spine. Yeah, the cervical spine is a very specific part of your spine. Is it the middle? Nope. The low. Mm-hmm. That's the, the lumbar. Upper back. 
No, the it's upper the back. neck. Okay. Pain in the neck. To venture out one's cervical spine for another. I'm confused about your use of the word venture here. I'm curious about it. If I was trying to help you, I might venture out my cervical spine oh, for you. Oh, okay. I'm going to... Um, it's something about the neck. Like, like insert my neck here. Or I'm... <laughs> I wanna, Mike is physically just shoving his head closer to the center of the table right now. Um... Oh, crane out my neck? No. <laughs> I don't know. What is to stick one's neck out for? Oh, okay. To venture I see, out. I see. To venture out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And the last one. Your Honor, she's to be with the <laughs> no, word venture. No, no, no. <laughs> venture was good. All right. Um, and so this one. She I'm, does not like criticism for her clues. Because <laughs> I take a lot of time to think about them. Anyway, this one, I'm going to give it to you. And then if I have to. I will give you a four, cl- like a before clue to it okay. as well. On the edge of my glossal, which sounds like it could be like an Irish. <laughs> Just go set it over there on the edge of my glossal. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, I don't know what a glossal is. Okay. On the tip of my tongue. There you go. You oh, got it. There we go. <laughs> Look at that. There you go. What I was going to give you is if I could, was so close to being able to remember something, I might just say it's on the edge of my glossal. Uh, I see. What's so oh, that is right. completely overly explained bodily. Tongue tied is what that was. Completely over explained bodily idioms. We do love a good idiom here. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so what do you got from me? All right. For this category, um, since we were on the Laguna Meadow Trail, mm-hmm. and Laguna probably is a word that a lot of people might remember mm-hmm. because it appeared in the title of an MTV reality show, mm-hmm. Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. This is an entire category about Laguna Beach. I'm kidding. I would never do that to you because... <laughs> I know you didn't watch, no. and girl, I didn't watch either. I just like remember I, that Heidi was a character, and she wasn't great. I think, and then she went on to the hill and Spencer, <clears throat> and then they were like, "Oh, I'm a Heidi celebrity, and Spencer, get me oh, out of here!" God, I didn't yeah. hear. Oh God, and I know too much. She was like crying Why? about her dry shampoo. Why do I know too much? And then Lauren was there, and there was other drama. <laughs> and Elsie, Lauren, I think is Elsie. Anyway, oof. Yeah, too much there was a lot happening. Anyway, yeah. Laguna Beach is not the answer to any of these, but Great. this is an entire... I It made me start thinking about MTV shows, mm-hmm. and I did love that period of the late 90s and early aughts when MTV had like their late night programming. Mm-hmm. So this is Name That Late Night Show Great. of MTV. Great. Are we ready? Yep. For 100. An animated series and a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, the titular character of this series was voiced by Tracy Grandstaff, even though everyone thought it was Janine Garofalo. What is Daria? That is correct. Such a good show. Put that in my veins. Mm -hmm. I love Daria. For 200, this racy MTV show premiered in 1999 and then went on to have six seasons and was often... The first queer representation for folks like us that we saw on TV. It centers mostly on the sex lives of high school and college students around Los Angeles. And you and I both stayed up late to watch the gay storylines. What is undressed? That is Mm -hmm. correct. Which is also what happened to us on the trail. (laughs) (laughs) 
I could have gone that route, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. For 300 Premiering in June 2001, this late-night MTV soap opera borrowed its format from Undressed and centered on a family in the business of producing video games. But when the patriarch is murdered, they must try and figure out what really happened. It was originally intended for a 3 p.m. time slot, but was moved to 7 p.m. because of its racy content. And it also only lasted one season. And famously ended on a cliffhanger. Oh my God. I do not know this show. I have no idea. What is Spider Games? Nope. 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 That totally passed me by in the rear view. Can I tell you, the only reason I remember it is when flipping through the channels, I would see that it was on... And I thought it was undressed. And then I was always disappointed because it never was. Mm. So for 400, this is the show that gave us both Jenny McCarthy and Carmen Electra and was a dating competition show where a romantically unattached person would choose from a group of other romantically unattached people and play games until narrowing it down to one person to go on a date with. I'm sorry, but this was this was my reality TV show heyday because oh, yeah. this show was the best. This was the best of them. Who was the male host? I can't remember I his remember name. I remember him, but he has gone on to continue to host many things. Yeah, it's what is singled out. That's right. So good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, there was that like Comedy Central had like a they would always bring in comedians to like respond to like things people tweeted. It was like a game oh, best show. Week ever. No, no, no. This was fairly recently. Okay. Like I think like pandemic. Okay. Right before, during or whatnot. And uh, that host also hosted that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And for 500, this late night radio call-in show was hosted by Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew, where they answered relationship advice questions. God, I can't remember the name of it. It's not the man show, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it is not. God, that travesty. <sighs> what the heck was it called? I can't remember. What is... Loveline. Loveline, that's and right. And I lived for that I did enjoy Loveline, yeah. And that is Name That Late Night Show of MTV. Mm-hmm. This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was created and is hosted by us, Dustin Ballard, and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, email us at Gaze at the National Parks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, Gaze at the National Parks.com. And that's Gaze, G A Z E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the Gaze Shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Sklios on guitar. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode that we were on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Ocean County, New Jersey.